Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Each week, Andrew Dewing will talk you through the current market, giving you up-to-date information and insider advice. He will also be interviewing a leader in the world of agriculture and finishing up with Farm Chat, which includes his favourite bit, where he tastes beer for free. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and his market report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows is my thoughts or gut instincts of what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report, week commencing 11th of February 2019. This report is recorded prior to the USDA report that comes out on the Friday night. So subject to there not being anything too exciting on that, this is where we're starting the week. I'll start with all seed rape, unchanged from last week's prices, 320 for old crop for spot or 310 for harvest delivered into store. Currency has been fluctuating this week, um, so it's been weaker but as today traded we're, we're currently trading 114 against the euro so it's it's kind of stuck with price at the moment underlyingly the market has been firm since christmas and we still think it is going to hold in that frame of mind feed barley billy no mates 140 x farm for spot is a rough guess there aren't any buyers or very few buyers about that's been quite annoying um it's cheap enough now against wheat i think there will be or i hope there will be some um, export done from the uk which will see the balance of feed barley moved out i think when a decent bid comes in and and maybe the price is a a few pounds better than i've just quoted uh, i don't think it's the time to mess around i think it's time to ditch it and, and sell it we will certainly be selling our stock when it gets to that point new crop uh 125 delivered harvest is a as a guess um we would pay that if someone absolutely was desperate historically a good price of course um i think we ought to wait until we get certainty over the brexit uh, decision and then we can work out whether we're taking a tariff onto it or whether you know let's see what what values are after we know actually who we can sell it to and what we're doing feed barley does rely quite heavily on harvest movement cargoes Feed wheat, uh, we'll do that last today. Uh, I think, well, first things first, spot values are trading at a higher basis value against futures. Now, for all of you um, people who've been on various courses and understand basis, the futures price is lower in relationship to the ex-farm price at this point, which means that farmers aren't really releasing much grain in a hurry. The futures market is getting sold into, but mills need to run with wheat, and therefore people are having to pay up a bit to get farmers to release it. I don't think that's going to last forever, although during this week the figures for planted area was uh, altered when the the BPS figures came out for planted wheat acreage and there was a 800 odd thousand ton drop in supposed production. Most firms probably aren't going to alter their S&D by too much but it certainly was a bit of good news in the sense that there's potentially less wheat about than first thought. So the crop size is going to be sub 14 million tons and it's just really that surplus or when that grain comes out is is all down to timing of when farmers let it go or when consumers are desperately trying to buy it. Current ex-farm value about 166. Some people if they're short might pay a bit more than that. That's its kind of fair value. It is a very sporadic one minute someone's desperately trying to buy it then they get their stuff themselves covered and the market disappears again. So March 166, May 168 ex-farm depending on where your farm is and where the mill is. 
but largely a pretty flat trade that is heading downwards. It's lost, uh, both new and old crop has lost uh, £3 this week. Uh, it's not been a great week. Harvest value, feed wheat, 142 delivered store. Ex-Farm November, 145 at a squeeze for Nov 19. And I would say just just in your conscious mind, Nov 20, 142x. A very long way away. Who knows what's going to happen by then, but um, it is a profit. And if Brexit has a dramatic effect on 19 values, it will obviously give 20 a knock. So I don't know, that's one perhaps you should also be having a little look at for a small percentage to guarantee a profit for growing wheat. All in all, it's a it's a pretty gloomy old trade at the moment. Um, recently been to the Norfolk Farming Conference. Great speakers. I think Minette Batters is a superstar for you guys, uh, you farmers. I think she's she's got a tough job and she's got a load of people not, not listening. My personal view is farming is going to be sold down the river or sacrificed for some cruddy deal and 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 i'm you know seriously pessimistic about that i think a number of other people are in the same sort of boat but uh yeah there was some there was a good young people there there was some good debate uh very good food very well organized by af yeah a, a good conference in all but yeah i would say the mood at best was flat thank you for listening please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. Ben Burgess Crop Storage offer a wide range of equipment from handling, processing and storage of harvested crops. From initial advice on any aspect of crop handling and storage through to design, supply, build and installation of complete intake, drying, dressing and storage plants. The Ben Burgess Aftercare Support Team includes dedicated technicians who are also on hand to service all crop storage machinery too so you're always looked after. Visit benburgess.co.uk or search Ben Burgess Crop Storage for more information on how the team can assist you. And now it's time for our feature. This morning I've got with me Phelan Dolan. Uh, He is the trading director of Comex McKinnon, uh, who are an Irish trading company importing commodities for Irish farmers. Good morning, Phelan. Good morning, Andrew. Now, last night was the Dublin dinner, and um, I'd say by normal standards, you're looking remarkably fresh. (laughs) Are we getting older? The older we get, the less we drink. (laughs) Yeah, however, um, the the usual effects of Guinness have occurred, I will add. So, um, Phelan is 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 a is a mate, and and one of the things I'm trying to do with my podcast is is emphasise to people that this industry has a lot of muck and mystery about it, and and it suits some people for that to be the case. The reality is, trading is about um, straightforward. Someone needs to buy something, and someone needs to sell something, and if there's good will and quite often good friendship between the two. It makes the process so much easier and straightforward, doesn't it, Phelan? Yes, very definitely. I think there's, there's, it's still very much a, an old-fashioned people-based business in a lot of ways. Um, and I would say, you know, reputation and, and trust uh, still go an awful long way in this business, thankfully for people that are our age. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say, when, when, I've, when I... The, the, the Comex McKinnon are a phenomenally important part of the history of doing grain. Um, when I first traded, when you first set up to trade... The industry doesn't make it very easy for you. And when you're trying to sell boats, it is actually a a risk aspect, a risk management issue, where is the company you're buying the stuff from going to be there when it comes to the contract month? And uh, despite having been in the grain trade for 30 years, 
when I and I've been trading cargoes all that time. I went to sell cargoes uh, in my first year, and people wouldn't buy from me. And Comex had a, a guy, your previ- your predecessor, yeah. Jim, Jimmy Gorman. Yeah, I'm a good friend. And Ivan Bishop, who was our side of the fence, if you like, vouched for me. Um, and those two were, were very close mates for many years. They certainly were. And Comex McKinnon took my name. And mm-hmm. it, it was it made such a phenomenal difference. So I'll always be indebted to Comex McKinnon and Jimmy. Well, we were very happy to, to uh, engage with you at that stage, and, and, and we very much still are, so... Yeah, well, it, it, it doesn't have you, you. You remember your mates in your difficult times, let me tell you. So that's the, that's the history. Um, I, think the, I think we'll talk about the market first. I mean, th- this year, importing UK feed wheat has been reduced somewhat, hasn't it? In the Irish market, I would say importing wheat from every origin has been reduced because since uh, last harvest, both wheat and indeed barley have been very much overpriced uh, by comparison with, with maize. Mm. I mean, the Irish market is slightly different from the from the UK market in the sense that we are net importers every mm. year of, of a substantial quantity of grain and animal feedstuffs. Um, our own harvest of, of grain is, you know, not uh, probably on average, you know, a little bit along with a million tonnes, mm. whereas, you know, we import, I would say, probably twice that. Mm. So... You know, we're net importers, and, and at the end of the day, the grain prices in Ireland are based on the import price plus, generally. Um, and where maize is currently in the Irish market, something of the order of 40 euros a tonne, cheaper than wheat, um, you don't have to be a, a rocket scientist to figure out that your imports of wheat are going to suffer and your imports of maize are going to increase, and that's been very much the case. And, and it is on, in the market itself, it's an underlying trend, I would say, all across the world that maize is getting cheaper. So where's, where's the maize coming from predominantly? The maize is coming from uh, either within the EU, uh, uh, EU Black Sea, Ukraine, uh, Canada, mm. uh, and then South America. So it is very much a global commodity. In the end, corn or maize is is is, is the cornerstone. It's the biggest produced product, and if that if that production has any hiccups that has the biggest effect on the market absolutely absolutely so sometimes you'll have a year where wheat is looking like it's going to produce the the biggest bumper crop of all time but if there's a a, a serious drought in the midwest and and their crop starts to get damaged Mm -hmm. and there's a similar problem in 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 the ukraine um the price just goes through the roof doesn't it yeah yeah and uh at the moment we keep getting bumper maize harvest after bumper maize harvest don't we yes that has been the case for the last probably five years or so yeah. Let's go on to the, the stony subject between, you know, the English and the Irish, if you like, the, the Brexit word. Mm-hmm. We've had a few discussions about this and, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's such a... Uh, there's, there's some questions I want to ask you because in the UK we have, we have you know, it's constant. Um, but there are some issues that you... you that the Irish backstop is obviously the, 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 the big issue. And I, t- I, we had a conversation last night, and I'll, I'll say, why don't you think they're getting it sorted out? And you said in, in uh, your, your usual direct style, no one gives a shit. <laughs> and I thought about that afterwards, and I thought, do you know what? I, it, it is kind of over there to us, and, and, and that's really embarrassing. It's true. It is never going to be a problem to me driving around Norfolk. Yep. But to you... 
you know? Yeah, well, well, to us, I suppose, um, for people, uh, you know, in their 40s and, and, and older who remember um, the bad old days mm. uh, and the days where you had military checkpoints every time you went north of the border, um, quite intrusive military checkpoints and delays and, and you know, all the tension that's associated with that, um, you know, those memories are, are, you know, very vivid and, and it's something we very much don't care to go back to. And, you know, the other thing that people forget with time is that, you know, there was a, a whole industry as regards organised crime, smuggling, you know, uh, terrorism, you know, associated with that border. And, you know, it basically gave people the excuse to behave essentially criminally. Is, is that not the, the, the cornerstone of the, of the issue, though, that the, the terrorism is about who's got the right to supply product between two separate states that have different tariffs and different values. Yeah, well, well, look, I mean, it's a matter of opinion, but, uh, you know, in, in my view, the, you know, the, the, the word terrorism really, you know, is, is just a cover for, in the Irish context anyway, organised crime. Yeah. You know, racketeering, smuggling, um, and, it's, you know, it was about control, a, a small, relatively small number of people had over their communities. And, you know, the, the, the peace process and the breakdown of the border and indeed, you know, the fact that both jurisdictions were memberships, members of the European Union mm. kind of, you know, took the oxygen away from yeah. that whole effort. And, and, you know, we were very much afraid of a return, you know, to, 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 to the conditions again where that kind of... Uh, underworld can can breed again. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's not going to be. I, I, it, it seems like that, that there, there's a great reluctance to not have physical borders with guns pointing at you. I think that seems to. Be, I think I think everyone's going to be very determinedly saying that's not going to happen, and the politicians will point at the, the fact that you can drive between the two, but there will be customs clearance. And that's where the trouble is, isn't it? Is the yeah, well, that's, that's that's where the thing gestates essentially. You know, that's mm. where the, where the basis for for the smuggling and associated crime. You know, that that's where it starts. And and yeah. if you know, while you might have the great intentions to start with relatively open borders, if smuggling and other uh, activities becomes problematic, then the border security gets stepped up gradually, and roads start to get closed off. And, mm. You know, that's that's just the. Uh, it's embarrassing. The basis for it's, it. it's embarrassing. Is it? I, I mean, I'm sure there's some staunch Brexiteers who will, you know, call me a Ramona. But when you actually talk to people in European countries about Brexit, it is embarrassing. It, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure we're all humbled by the the the, the goings on in Parliament now and associated they are with, uh, with with all of us, but. When actually trying to logically discuss it with people, it is just, you know, in Ireland especially, it is just, we're just creating trouble. And I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed by it. Well, in, in, in our view, you know, it's basically just been an absolute monumental waste of time. Yeah. And, and you know, there are better things that, and more important things that governments should be dealing with. And for the last two years, you know, looking from the outside in, you know, the UK government has, has done very little except waste time blathering about Brexit and, and yeah. we're no further forward now than we were two years ago no, and, and you know the, the clock is ticking and the 29th of March is looming and we still can't plan for well, I can't know. trade with you can I I can't trade with you yet about new crop because we don't know if there's going to be tariffs or not Absolutely. tariffs yeah, or the, it's just nuts yeah and the market is completely ground to a halt and again we spoke about it last night the fact that 
in Irish terms, you know, our agricultural uh, produce is, is uh, you know, we're major exports of beef and dairy, for instance. And, um, you know, the whole market is waiting with bated breath to know what where their market will be post-Brexit. And well, we're going to impact, it's going to impact you, uh, you know, the, 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 the Irish farmer is going to be hit, all of the dairy produce that comes across to the UK. Absolutely, yeah. And... Yeah, I mean that's probably going to be the biggest. The, the biggest impact is going to be on Ireland as well as the U, as well yeah, as, the, yeah. as as the United Kingdom. There is. But we also import a lot of food from the United Kingdom. Yeah. And again, are we going to be able to do that post Brexit? You know, there's there's huge uncertainty, and and you know, as we know from years of experience, uh, markets never thrive in uncertainty. And you know, you can definitely say for the last six months, anyway, as Brexit has been getting closer and closer, the market has been getting quieter and quieter and nobody wants to trade, no one wants to make a decision and then you can see that continuing for some time unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I mean it would be great if you could have some sort of deal between the UK and Ireland to trade seamlessly, continuously and have the, have the, the, the border backstop if you like, uh, almost between these little islands and, and, and the coast as long as the Irish still get the main benefits of the EU. Um, but that seems to be not. I, I mean, I, I don't understand it. But it's certainly, the inter inter agricultural trade, it's going to impact both our industries harder than than any other industry. Yes, it is, and and you know, um, unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be any way around that at the moment. But you know, in our in our view, again, you know, the backstop is a much used word. But really, we think uh, that it's very much been made a mountain of a molehill in the sense that. You know, in fairness to, to Theresa May, the deal that she's brought back from Europe is really just a, you know, a, a an open door for a free trade agreement to be discussed. Mm. So it really is only a, a temporary arrangement. Um, now it's an insurance policy uh, on a temporary arrangement, but at the end of the day, the future relationship between the UK and the EU is still there to be negotiated. So all of this bluster of the last number of months in our opinion anyway, uh, looking at it from the Irish side of the fence is, is again just a waste of time and you know it's about very strong um, conservative opinions you know where we would see it as being kind of like a bit like the tail wagging the dog you know I mean a very small cabal of, of ultra conservatives holding the rest of the UK to ransom. Yeah. Let's let's get on to I mean the, for, for, for the um, I, you know I apologise for the for the mess we've put you all in and it's I you know as I say I'm it's it is embarrassing when you try to debate it but <clears throat> let's let's talk about the the the, the aspects of this taking some of the muck and mystery away when we do a boat I, I sell out of Lowestoft FOB which means that all my responsibility is to deliver the correct quality goods onto a boat it's loaded at Lowestoft um, the minute it leaves the spout and, and heads towards the hold of the boat, if the wind blows it away, it doesn't touch me because I've actually <laughs> sold it and it's just been weighed. However, they have a, they have a long spout that reaches the bottom of the boat. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but that's it. From, from there onwards, you know, I sell it FOB because mm -hmm. I, I can't be done with all of the organising freight and organising insurance and sure. organising that. Um, you you do all that? Yes, we do. We do all that uh, internally. Yes, we have a couple of people who look after international shipping and um yeah we, we basically look a large part of trading as you know is 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 simply been able to manage logistics efficiently yeah and get material from a to b to c to d as, as efficiently and as quickly as possible uh losing as little money as you possibly can along the way 
and you know trading margins are necessarily tight even though um you know probably the farming fraternity might struggle to um uh, believe that sometimes <laughs> but um you know you have a in Ireland as well in yeah. Ireland as well yeah <laughs> you 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 have a very small margin to work with and, and anything that you allow to leak out of that uh, along the supply chain you know it affects your bottom line so you have to have good people yeah. dealing in in things like sea freight and particularly road transport and warehousing and handling you know that's really what the game is all about yeah i mean so the actual the, the, from from my from my grain landing in the boat you have to pay for the boat to physically travel yep you have to pay for the insurance of the goods sure um what else you have to you pay have for? to pay for the um the stevedoring at the other end yeah to take the material from the boat to uh, you know a, a portside warehouse yeah uh you pay handling in and out of, of in the warehouse you pay you know weekly storage yeah and then you have to get them goods to your customer on the other on the other side so i, I was always conscious to deliver what we sold i mean you know you, you shove a dead donkey on the bottom of the boat no one notices you get away with it mm-hmm. until they unload it i mean oh, i didn't put a dead donkey on there um you know, is there? Do you get to a point where some people supply you with sort of mainly wheat, but there's a whole lot of something else in there as well? Do you say, right, that's it? I ain't trading, I ain't buying your stuff if you do yeah, that well, again. Look, no more than in any other business relationship, you know, and, and and grain is no different in a lot of ways. You know, you know who your your good suppliers are, hmm. or you know who the people trust. You know, yes, it is. It goes back to what we started the conversation with. Hmm. You know, trust and reputation, and and there are not as many fly by nights in the business maybe as there was 30 years ago. Mm. Um, and I think in fairness to farmers as well, they're generally speaking more conscious of delivering, you know, good quality product. Yeah. Um, so the problems that we used to get, like, you know, with admixtures and, and maybe high percentage of screenings and things like that out of certain ports, I don't think that's the, the, the problem that it used to be. At the end of the day, Comix McKinnon is not an international multi-company. We don't have to deal, you know, we, we, we deal with who we want to deal with. Are you independent like us, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. And we, and we find freedom in that, and, and, and our customers also um, find comfort in that, in that they're getting an independent voice. Uh, you know, the trading decisions are all made by our own people. Yeah. Um, our market opinions are our own. Yeah. Um, we're not singing the, the tune of somebody in Germany or in Switzerland, or, you know, we're not selling or trading off a global book. So, you know, we do make our own decisions and, 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 okay, we don't get them all right, far from it. But I think our customers, by and large, appreciate, you know, a, a, an independent yeah. Irish view. So, same, same with us. Yeah. It's a stance. And you say something, you have an opinion. You have to be right 70% of the time to succeed with Ivan's always, always 70% or more yeah. and you're, you're yeah. on the pitch still. And uh, so you must be doing something right to be... Yeah, well, look, we're still here swimming in a, in a pond full of very big fish. Yeah, and, indeed, you know, I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's let's I, we're we're going to wrap up shortly. I've got to, I've got to discuss every year at the Irish uh, dinner. We have a Comics McKinnon kindly arrange a football match where the Irish team um, have been known to lose. I've been in a game where they've lost and they they took it particularly well, <laughs> but they 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 played the rest of Europe uh, yesterday, and and the score was was what Phelan? It was either 6-5 or 7-5. Seven, 7-5 five. Seven, five it was. Mm. That's very kind of you to all yeah. forget one of our goals, <laughs> especially as um, Rory scored it. Um, but I'd like you to talk me through your goal. 
<laughs> can we stop the interview now? <laughs> oh, you can make it where you like. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'd rather not get into that. Well, sen- sending the international Frank the wrong way was just superb. He went to his left, and you rolled it in. Yeah, but in, in fairness to 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 Frank, our friend from uh, from Holland, he's. Um, a far better goalkeeper than I am a striker, shall we say. So. Yeah, but you still snuck it in then. Yeah, we snuck it in finally after about, about the sixth attempt. And very <laughs> subdued celebrations, I felt. I would have stuck me up. Sense of relief was, was <laughs> palpable, Andrew. Phelan, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed the Dublin dinner again. I don't feel so fresh this morning, but um, I appreciate your time today. No problem, um, my pleasure. Phelan, thanks for your time. Mate. Cheers, Andrew. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Now it's time for Farm Chat. All right, this week we've got a disgusting beer. I know it before we even sip it, mm. because I've drunk, drunk this stuff through no option. If there's anything else but this beer in front of me, I'll drink the other beer. Every I've, got, I've got to say I'm dreading it, Andrew. Well, it's, Gritted it's, teeth. I'll share it. It's a John Smith's, isn't it? It's a John yeah, Smith's John bitter. Smith. A very, very, probably the best-selling bitter, is it? I don't know. Yeah, God knows why. I mean, for me, it's just one step up from a can of Foster's, which has never been there on my list of drinks to drink. Well, it, it is actually Foster's with a bit of dye in it. This is UK UK brewed Foster's, I will add. Foster's in Australia tastes really nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. But brewed in Burton-on-Trent or wherever they do it now, and they just stick, stick the same stuff in with a bit of dye and put a different can uh, on the outside of it. It's just bland, mm. boring beer. Whereas this craft revolution has occurred because of beers like this. Let's do it. Come on, let's have a little sip. Go on. You, you, oh, you. No, you, you know, first, you, go no, on. You, no, you. <laughs> Is there a nearby plant pot here? Um, <laughs> no, you, what do you reckon? Go on. Well, you drink some. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be doing well to see the bottom of this pint, I think. Yeah, it's just it's just such a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Listen, everybody, don't don't buy it. It's. I mean, I, I, sorry for any shareholders in John Smith's, but it's just so... Ugh. Well, you know, it's not it's not going to kill me, but it's just no pointless. But yeah, so uh, what have we got this week, Andrew? Valentine's, yeah. Webby, something we're very good at. The, the, you know, all of those cards you'll be getting again this God, year. I sound massively out of my comfort zone when we start to talk about romance. And, uh... <clears throat> well, I'd, I'd wonder why you'd been down that card shop and bought those seven or eight cards. Are <laughs> <laughs> you trying to catch his D out? <laughs> No, we've um, yeah, I haven't had uh, that big. I've got to admit that I've I've never really gone full bore on that Valentine. No, you shocked me, and that really surprises me. Izzy always says how romantic you are. (laughs) I'm going to quote Susie, uh, who's who's recording with us today. Uh, When I said we're going to talk about Valentine's night, she said. well, we, we forget it, she said. The, the worst night of the year to go out. Restaurants are full of unhappy people not talking to each other. Yes, I, I've experienced one, though. Actually, when my years of romance, probably <laughs> when I was trying to woo Izzy in, in the early days. Um, and, yeah, we went to... It's, it's a lovely restaurant, Richard Hughes's and uh, Brundle. Cracking. a picture of Izzy's face whilst wooed. Yeah. <laughs> now she's written off the word wooing forever because you've decided you're wooing yeah, later over know, Izzy. I'm sure he... I did, I did have... There was a, there was a classic moment, actually, because I, um, <laughs> being a tight gear, I hadn't planned anything. And my brother, unfortunately, a couple of days before, was, was ill. So he said, oh, look, you haven't prepared anything. 
jaunt my two spots at Lavender House, as it was at the time. So I, I rock up. It's a very nice restaurant. Lovely, that. yeah. It was, he's moved out of there since then, hasn't he? It's now uh, an Indian restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I think it has gone. Yeah, Richard Hughes's Lavender House was well-renowned. Well-renowned. Yeah. Is As soon as I was told, is he, she's like, oh, wow, you really thought about this. And, so you she know, still I, likes I wooing, thought, you know, I was, I'd done well. But anyway, I, I turned up and uh, sat down, and, um, or the concierge or whatever you're at front of the house, and he says, so, um, looked at you, so I, I gather you've got a nut allergy. And Izzy just looked blankly, and... She said, oh, but you phoned in early to say you got... An-. And I just, I looked at the lady, poor lady, and said, oh, no, that's not her. And this lady looked at me and she said, oh, sorry, sir, what have I done? Thinking I was some serial player that had um, she, well, taken on a date well. and Izzy, Izzy was uh, a pool with me, but we had a little laugh and a chuckle. It's, like, it's, just, it's just great that Izzy's, uh, Izzy's wooing days are over. You, I, think, I, I think you're going to have to do some wooing after this. No, I, what, what, what have you got planned? Have you got any... Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm whisking Tessa away to Italy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's all I got to Izzy and I, uh, we, we joke about it, but we had um, the dating scene for us is, has died a bit of a death because we had an incident over the summer when... Um, we we don't regularly go out for meals, and I took his <laughs> out. Uh, we had it was an eight course meal with an eight course wine flight, so we you know, got quite well oiled. Then I decided that we walked back to the taxi rank, so walked all the way through sort of London Street and stopped off at various different bars for a couple of gins, and then managed to do some um, pink tequila shots and some uh, was it espresso martinis, and then um, very quickly it turned into almost like a rugby night session, um, which ended at four o'clock in the morning, and. Uh, both of us end up sort of not feeling very well. No, no. So we decided that was uh, we'll keep our dating to one night a year. But uh, yeah, so we've, that's, we've that's, had our one. And, and for you, I guess that was perfect wooing, wasn't it? I've got to qualify my whisking after Italy. In fact, um, we've booked a, a to go away. It's half term week, and we're off uh, off off skiing. So um, we're going with some a load of mates to uh, Santa Catarina, which is which is a little resort somewhere or another. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it sounded good, didn't it? But I think we'll be having uh, airport rolls for our romantic uh, romantic evening together. Oh, perfect. But right, I so. will say this also. I said to Tessie and I thought, right, you know, I need to make some effort and yeah. and you know, I haven't, we haven't been out for ages as as a couple and so I said, do you, do you want to go to the pictures? Because that's that's mm. what they're called in my day. The, what do you call them now? The, the, the what do you cinema? What, what is it? Wasn't it the flicks? Yeah, no, it's the flicks. <laughs> <laughs> Moving pictures. Anyway, so she she once she worked out what I was talking about, she went nah, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little upsetting, you know. She's going out with her mates and stuff, and I, there's me offering a, a night out and mm. going and have something to eat, and she went nah. But I think Valentine's night as a you know rip off concept. Now we're past our wooing era. Is it is a crazy night to go out? It costs twice as much as normal. You can't get into a restaurant for love nor money. It's the only way to prove your love is taking someone out to dinner on yeah. Valentine's night. I just put my uh, cooking skills to practice and um, yeah, a bit of fine dining at home. So you Works stay in. Yeah. Well, M and S ten pound meal deal, perfect. Good hit for any of the lads out there. It's, yeah, actually, uh, no, a that is a good. Yeah, there is a, there is that genuinely is a bargain, isn't it? And it's much more sensible than going out to some crazy restaurant. From now on, Valentine's night will not be a night to go out for a meal. We shall just you'll just send those seven padded cards to Izzy. But <laughs> 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 she doesn't get them now. You're in all sorts yeah, of trouble. Yeah, no, no. So, are there any other tips for our farmer friends about Valentine's night? Obviously, we've given you some good leadership and some good advice. You need to explain why you're not going out on Valentine's night. By the way, lads. Oh God, what? What would Izzy want me to say right now? Um, 
I'll have to troll you. I think the old man bought me some, um, it sounds a bit of a strange thing to say, some molten, uh, was it molten brown? What's it? Um, scented candles. Mm-hmm. So whack a few of those on, cook a, cook a meal, open a bottle of wine. Make sure you've had a bath. Yeah, good, good scrub and uh, yeah, hope, hope for the best. I think with that happy thought, good luck. Yeah, good luck, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they're released. Dew and Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, we can supply you with the best strategies to help you achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Call now on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewandgrain.co.uk or follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by Tin Shed Productions in conjunction with East Coast Design Studio. Just a postscript. Susie said as we turned off the mics, nah, dinner the week before and empty the bins and you're home and dry. Mm-hmm.